Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday, and you know what that means. It is Christmas Eve. Happy Holidays to everyone in the loyal Stacking Slabs nation. I do appreciate that. Hopefully, you're getting ready to rip open some packs, bust some boxes. Hopefully, you're getting some cards from your loved ones. It's like Christmas. It is. I'm excited. And what I'm going to do is keep a tradition alive, and that's bring my brother. You can find him at McGrath Cards on Instagram, back on the podcast. We did this this time last year to have a conversation just about collecting, what's going on, that kind of thing. You like what I'm doing over here, you know the drill. Hit the subscribe button. Follow me across all those social channels at Stacking Slabs. But most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying this. Hopefully you're off of work. Hopefully you're just kicking it. You're driving around, heading to the family's house. I do appreciate you having stacking slabs on. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up? Happy holidays to everyone out there. I was looking back before we started this conversation, and I had my brother on on Christmas Day last year. We launched it. It was called uh, Evolving in the Hobby was the episode. Uh, tis the season for family. So I figured I'd have my brother Kyle back on to just talk about the year, the hobby, what's going on. I mean, you can find him on Instagram at McGrath Cards. Without further ado, Kyle, happy holidays. How are you? Happy holidays. Doing great. Always a pleasure to come back on Stacking Slabs and spend the holiday season chatting up cards with you. So looking forward to the conversation as always. So we I got to start here. Um, it's the drumbeat I, I have and listeners just have to deal with it because I'm excited. The last time I saw you, I was walking down the stairwell at Lucas Oil and you were walking out the door after the victory of the Patriots. We were not sitting together, but in sec- separate sections, but we got to enjoy the moment post victory before we departed our ways. What a game. What was your mindset? At the game, how did it feel afterwards? Talk, talk to me a little bit. Give me the fan perspective on your end. Yeah, right. I mean, out of what, 60,000 plus people at Lucas Oil Stadium, like exiting that game, coming out of a back stairwell, I hear my name, like 10 people behind me, and, and you happen to be walking out with your buddy. So uh, crazy to kind of wrap up the night that way, but what a game. I mean, I think for, all, for Colts fans, it's been that season of up and down. It's been a season where we jump out to leads, which in years prior, we're not used to, right? We're used to being slow starting teams. So to kind of jump out like we did against New England of all teams, and then kind of go flat for that period of time where you started seeing them chip away in the fourth quarter, man, just like the Tampa Bay game. It's like, I've seen this story before you get uncomfortable, you know, where I was sitting with my wife, you know, I'm like crouched down, like just in anxiety watching this all play out. But there are a few moments at Lucas Oil that I can remember that just like will stick with me, I know, forever. And that Jonathan Taylor run, seeing him break through that line and go, holy crap, there's nobody in front of him. And he just takes off. I mean, it was just a great feeling. In fact, my wife, (laughs) I ended up jumping up and down and turning towards her. And she looked at me like, 
you know, what, what are you doing? Like, I was scared you're going to jump all over me. I'm like, I know it was just the coolest feeling ever. So yeah, I definitely had the goosebumps the following day and a uh, great way to cap off a Saturday night and puts us in the driver's seat going into the playoffs, feeling good about the team. So um, my, uh, yeah, I, I got asked today by my CEO, like, what was it like at, at the game? How awesome was it? And I said, I don't know if awesome would be the word to describe it because of how stressful the second half was. Uh, brutal. It was brutal. Um, when you see him just chip away at the lead, you're up 20 going into the fourth quarter and then it's 17, 20 and you're just, you know, it, it was just a game where I thought it was going to go the opposite way. And then to have the outcome it did, to have the finish that it did, it was, it's one for the memory bank. That's for sure. And so there are plenty of platforms, mainstream in nature that are putting up the graphic with Brady, uh, Rogers, Mahomes and MVP discussion. I I will say here, if I'm going to use this little platform, the sports card platform to say, Jonathan Taylor should be in that conversation because without him, the Colts are a very average football team and he has really helped elevate us into this uh, position where it's like, I don't even know what's next for us. Like I, it feels good. It feels like it. It, it just feels like he's the guy who's carrying it forward. There's so much good stuff happening, but without him, I'm not sure where we're at. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, having hard knocks like midweek two just adds to the flavor of the season, right? It just that insight. Um, it's such a cool thing to watch every Wednesday night, but I think it was that first episode or maybe the second one where the, the running back coach and Chris Ballard, they're like kind of caught in a room and they overhear the conversation and the running backs coach is basically telling Chris Ballard, like I've coached hall of famers before, like running back hall of famers. And this guy is special. He can break it on any play. I mean, that proved, in that game against New England where he broke that, you know, 67 yard touchdown to win the game for us. And I haven't had that feeling of having a player that could just one play score and put us up. Then I, you know, then we had Manny back in the day where it's like, you could be down, you you could be fourth and 25 and he'll find that receiver um, and could score in an instant. And that's what you feel like with Jonathan Taylor as well. And yeah, being in Lucas oil, when he broke that and scored and you got the crowd chaining MVP, I think you're right. I think, you know, he should be in the conversation for, for the accolades that he's had this year, the success he's had and kind of what he's done for the team to put us in the position that we're in. Yes. Moments matter and moments I think influence our collecting. And that is one I soon won't forget. I made reference to it at the top. I said, we talked on the Christmas episode last year where it was about evolving in the hobby and we both had been back. Um, I joined a little, I, I think I, my, my run has been a little longer than yours. Um, but not about the same time we both came back and we were just talking about things that we had learned that throughout the last year. And I think the primary topic that like we came to at the end of that conversation was the fact that like, don't buy cards and buy cards, what you think the market wants, but buy cards that you want. And that mean something to you and are significant. And it was that shift because so much of the content and so much of what was happening was about the market going up. And so I think you and I both have not wavered on that evolution. We both, uh, I, I can't, I don't think we've had one conversation this year about buying some hot player or trendy player because we want to make a bunch of money. It's right. Just, 
not what we want to do. So maybe like talk a little bit about uh, just that evolution, it holding true and just like what that's done for your mindset around collecting cards. Yeah, I think naturally, you know, jumping back in the hobby when we did, we kind of got into that investment mindset, you know, buying buying the hot player after they had a great game the night before, whether it's a football player or, you know, somebody in the NBA and you get the cards in the mail, right? And it was like, okay, well, really the player, the card doesn't have any meaning to me. Yep, I'm able to turn around and make some money um, on the back end. But I think since, you know, we came to that realization, gosh, a year ago, right? It's really been full throttle on, collecting players that you love, collecting moments that you love, collecting teams that you love. Um, and at the end of the day, if I don't sell any of these cards, I'm perfectly happy. Like I I'm sitting here next to, you know, some of my cards, just looking at them. And it's like, they put a smile on my face. You know, I, you know, throughout the day when I'm, when I'm working, if I can kind of grab something out of my case, or I usually have one kind of sitting around where I can just kind of look at for a while and appreciate the player, appreciate a memory that they bring to me, appreciate the shine of a card or the design of it. Um, means the most to me. And then two, you know, I've mentioned before, I've got a, a two and a four-year-old, both boys. My my oldest is getting into sports now and we're taking him to Colts games. And, you know, he's gone to some Pacer games and he's getting into playing uh, sports, um, whether it's basketball or baseball, or whatever. But it's like knowing that, hey, these cards, I'm going to pass down to them to be able to tell that story. You know, that's kind of where my kind of evolution has gone over the last year is really kind of focusing in on on those cards that matter. And then I think even taking them a step further, it's really consolidating those cards or those players into bigger cards, scarcer cards, right? Stuff that you just can't search on eBay and find all the time. Um, so it's been, it's been, a, a, an evo- you know, we're constantly evolving kind of in this collecting game. And this year, I think it's put more of a smile on my face, just collecting, knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm acquiring stuff that I love and I'm, I can't wait to pass down one day versus stuff that they come in and I try to flip them right away just to, to get that money to spend elsewhere. So you mentioned something that I, I feel like is not talked about enough is I, and I think when we go out and we make purchases on cards, um, we buy the cards because they represent moments or players that we have an attachment to. And I think there's also this piece of, we buy these cards, not necessarily because we think that the price is going to drop. Like we feel like there's probably going to be incremental gains over a long period of time, but if they're, there's not no big deal. Like we enjoy these cards because they represent those moments. You talked about like being in between meetings, looking at cards. Like I think there is like a lot of utilitarian utility value that when we buy a card, let's say it's $500. Yes. We buy that card because it's $500. Yes. It, we have an attachment to it. Um, yes. We hope the price goes up, but then it's also like the part that not a lot of people talk about is those moments of, looking at the card, appreciating it, admiring it. So maybe like, just talk about like that utility value, just in what your mindset is too, when you're spending money that's coming out of your paycheck to buy these cards. Cause I feel like that's a topic that just needs a little more love. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we all have in life, right around jobs and families and everything. We all try to find that carve out that time during the day, just to have for yourself or the mental relief from like a busy job. You know, I'm, I'm in the consulting space and it's 24 seven, um, all day long. And it's, you know, I think with a lot of professions, you know, with, with mobile devices and work from home environments, you're constantly connected. You're constantly responding to either client issues or internal stuff. Um, and so I really have two outlets. One, I, you know, I'll get up early and go work out to kind of start my day and, and enjoy that. But then secondly, I usually keep a card or two kind of around my desk that I've recently acquired or, 
you know, I turn over in my, my case just to bring out just to, if I have a break or a meeting gets out early, or if I'm kind of in that mental block of trying to figure out how to problem solve a client's problem, I'll just sit back and take a deep breath and kind of admire the card. Um, you know, recently I picked up a, a 2020 Pittman, you know, optic gold. I've become a big Pittman collector. And, you know, so again, it's, it's a new card and I don't want to just get it and put it in my case and forget about it for, you know, months on end, but I make the purchase because I like the player. I like the card. I'm cheering for him this year. Um, I've started to collect a lot of his gold cards. So just to be able to sit and look at the shine of it, you know, look at the Jersey that, you know, it's an 86, you know, he's obviously switched to 11 over the year. Right. So you kind of, you know, kind of think about full circle, you know, how these cards have changed or maybe when they, when they were printed and originally thought of as an idea to when you've actually acquired them, it's just fun to kind of have that mental escape. And I think whether it's having a card at your desk, or I have several that I have framed with like a sports moment picture of that player. I've got a couple of Reggie's that kind of sit framed in my office as well. Again, it's, it serves that utility vehicle being able to take a mental break and kind of, you know, step away from the the day-to-day world and kind of sit back, think, put a smile on your face and go, you know, this is why I collect is to have these things around to appreciate. The episode that I, I will have dropped on Wednesday, I talk about things that I learned this year and I kind of bucket it into three sections. And I think I bucket them into cards content and people and just discuss a little bit about in each of those areas. And maybe let's just with you, let's start with cards. So you, you referenced Michael Pittman Jr. Um, in collecting him. Talk maybe about the like, not only collecting him, but like how you're approaching uh, collecting his cards, what you like, like what's different, maybe where you're at now than where you were a year or, you know, when you first got back in the hobby. Yeah. So funny thing is, and the first, I think the first time was ever on the podcast, right? We kind of talked about, like, I sent you a photo one day and you're like, oh shit, are you collecting cars now too? And it just happened to be about, it was a Michael Pittman 2020 prism draft pick. You know, it was an SGC 10, right? So I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I was, you know, I bought an SGC card. I bought a, um, you know, a prism draft pick card, but you know, at the end of the day, I bought it because it was Michael Pittman who happened to be a new draft pick by the the Colts along with Jonathan Taylor in that class. Um, so I've always had this like weird, you know, affinity just to cheer for him and to collect cards. And I went through my first kind of year and a half of collecting, not picking up any other Pittman cards. Um, but I really got into Peyton Manning collecting him and collecting some of his rookies and some other um, exquisite cards, which I love. And then quite frankly, they just, the price just got super high that, you know, you only have so much, uh, so many funds you can, you know, uh, attribute to the hobby. Um, you can only sell so many stuff to buy a bigger card. And quite frankly, once kind of Peyton's Hall of Fame kind of rush came on, his card really started to skyrocket uh, to the point where it's like, you know what? It's fun to look at them online, but I, I'm, I'm good at uh, making any other purchases at this point, especially when you're starting to look at, you know, scarcity and, you know, low number cards, right? That just, it became out of my, my ballpark. So I kind of went back to, you know, who do I watch on a day-to-day basis, a modern player and you know, I remember um, it was either Chris or Josh in one of the crossovers, maybe just talking about, hey, when you're starting to collect a guy, what are some like really cool cards to collect that kind of can put you on the, hey, I've got some of the premium cards, you know, a cracked ice, um, a prism gold, you know, other gold cards, right? National treasures, RPA, et cetera. And I just started buying those cards and I just came fortunate where I was, I got PSA orders back. I sold those, I consolidated funds and um, I was able to kind of hunt out some of these cards where, you know, I really kind of started to find this passion in collecting Pittman because I could buy some of his best cards that are out on the market today. 
Um, and so now I really kind of have my two lanes of, Hey, if there's a paint car that I can afford, that kind of fits certain criteria, let's go for it. Or if not, I still have kind of my checklist of some pitman cards. I'd love to add to the PC. And again, it goes back to my, my opening statement of the cards skyrocket. Great. But the cards plummet, I still have them. Right. And I can still show my kids that, Hey, here's something that we used to cheer for. And here's some of the best cards you can buy for them. Um, it's kind of really the lane I got into with Pittman. And um, it's fun to, when you can start buying some of these, these premium cards for them. And, you know, obviously they're not as expensive as uh, some of the uh, Peyton cards that I was looking at a long time ago. So speaking of your PC player, he got tossed out of the damn game. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. What, what was going on? At, what was going on in your head when all that was happening? Well, for, yeah. So it's like, come on. Like, you know, at that point in the game, not knowing you, cause I'm sitting away and you can't really sell like, see what the you know the the altercation was all about and you know when you see the replay now you're kind of like really he got thrown out for that you know it puts a smile on my face because he's passionate like he's passionate like that's what i one of the the attributes that i love to see from players that you know are passionate about the game are competitive you know and against a, a rival like new england man i'm all about you know getting into those heated arguments just knowing the nostalgic that 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 rivalry brings from us growing up so yeah, it was it was a bummer to see him toss because you always hope to see your PC player make big moments in big games. Um, you know, the last really big moment he had was against San Francisco and catching that touchdown in the rain. Um, he's been a solid player for us throughout the season. It's definitely become kind of our number one receiver. But yeah, I was I was bummed that he got pitched for it all. But again, it was nice to see him have the passion for the game. And you know, when he was jogging out of the stadium, I mean, the crowd was going nuts cheering for him. So you hope he kind of learns a lesson, like keep a calmer head next time around. And cause the team does need him in those moments. But yeah, I was, uh, um, good to see, you know, at least him fighting, uh, the good fight against new England. Yeah. I think, uh, while he did get kicked out of the game, I think that might've, uh, highlighted the value he has to the team more than anything else, because it was like, once he was gone in new England stout pass defense, it was like, we everyone was bottled up. It was like, thank yeah. God we had Jonathan Taylor because Pittman, I think, was the only guy who could get open. Yeah, I mean that again. Going into the game, you you hear about New England's pass defense, and man, they they've got a a heck of a squad, and they definitely shut down a lot of our receivers. And I think that's what made you know with Pittman being in the game that took the focus, so guys, you know, other guys could get open for moments in time. And yeah, when he went out, he became a lockdown on the rest of our receivers. So. In the day, Taylor prevailed, but yeah, I would definitely would have loved to see him uh, finish out that game. So hopefully next time we meet again in the playoffs. So you referenced, con- you referenced the crossover and maybe let's talk a little bit about content. Like this year, what has been like the content recipe for you or like what are ways that you are um, kind of learning about product cards? Like what's been kind of those best outlets for you? Yeah, I think... The evolution for me from content is um, in a nice way, like I, to say it, like staying away from just all the the people that want to be in the spotlight or kind of the, the folks that you think are just trying to, you know, have that moment every week and just say something to get their followers going right that if they lack authenticity, or if I feel like it's kind of moving or pushing product or cards or players or whatever, like I've really kind of turned off, you know, from, from those outlets. And you know, I've got my core content that I listen to routinely on a daily, you know, weekly basis between obviously yourself with stacking slabs, you know, the crossover guys do a phenomenal job. It's, you know, something I look forward to on a weekly basis. I do not stay up to listen to it live being on the East coast and being early to bed kind of guy with 
two little ones that love to wake up early. I, it's definitely my routine on a Saturday morning when my little guy will get up at, at five and want to watch cartoons. I can at least put the crossover uh, and watch the replay on Instagram. Card Talk's another one. I just love listening to those guys. I think you mentioned Ryan a lot on your podcast, but you know, they just, you could just tell that they've got the passion and um, it's just interesting to hear from a, a shop owner's point of view, right? Just like the methodology that they work through as well. And then even guys like, you know, Kyle from Wax Museum did the research, the planning, um, again, drawn to him because of his, his pacer fandom as well. But when, when content creators put the planning and the thought into their episodes and they come prepared each week, it definitely makes like, you know, makes you learn something new. And I think at this point in the hobby, right, it's not trying to figure out, you know, how I want to be as a collector because I've figured that out. I just want to be, you know, I want to be educated. I want to learn about sets. I want to learn about players. Um, I love hearing just, you know, the trends that are happening in the hobby and the back and forth, right. That, that Chris and, and Josh bring as well. So, you know, those are kind of my main content outlets because, you know, we only have so much time throughout the week to contribute to the hobbies. And when I do, you know, I want to make sure that I'm listening to the folks that I'm learning something from. Yeah. I think uh, what stands out to me is um, Brad, when I had him on uh, B sports talking about being attracted to guys and gals that whose content is elevating the hobby first and not themselves. And I think I agree with that. And I think a lot of people, hopefully people out there who listen to this show, um, it's a reason why they're tuning in every week. Um, okay. Instagram, let's talk about this. Yeah. And people just like, there is just, it's nonstop all the time content, people sharing their stuff, people sharing their ideas, stories, posts, like what, what would you say just this year, just like in terms of like Instagram hobby, Instagram, I know you've created a page, like what has that done for you and your collecting? It's been a way for, it's selfish, right? I think for me, the reason I did it is because now if I ever am I'm on the road or I'm doing it, I can just go to my Instagram page and look at what I posted, right? And see my collection. And that's really the, the main purpose of why I put it together. I was, you know, I don't even know how many followers I have. I'm always thankful when I see people follow me and like photos that I have. But at the end of the day, I put it together as kind of my mini portfolio of cards just so I can reference back to them um, if I ever just want to look at the cards that I've collected that are either in my collection or I've had previously. Um, and what I've done on my Instagram page is there's nothing but cards that are in my my case. And so I try to keep a clean look. I only post cards that I have. And I try to tell the story about why I picked that card or that player throughout the way. So again, if if um, family, friends, kids one day ever search to see you know my cards, they, they'll know the reasoning of why I picked a card as well. So that's you know, kind of the purpose behind my page. And again, I think the coolest thing is, you know, I'll get the notifications every once in a while that somebody follows you and you automatically see them like, like, like 10 of your cards that are posted there. So you can tell they're scrolling through. And I think those are the pages too, that I'm most attracted to, you know, when I start to follow somebody as well is I just want to see what cards you have, what shiny stuff. And I think if you tell a story around why you bought that card, I'll spend the time to read through it to understand because everybody's got a different mindset and reasoning for why they pick up stuff. Um, and it helps personalize that experience when you can um, better understand why, why somebody's added a card to their collection. Exactly. And it, I, to me, it's like in that example, it gives me information regarding product and sets of guys that I might not have been looking at, but then someone collects an adjacent player and it takes you down that rabbit hole, which I think is fun. Yeah. Um, and I think, sorry to jump back in on that too, but 
you know, when you start to follow people, you start finding like who's got like-minded collections, right? And I think, you know, one example that, you know, has stood out this year when I kind of like think back on on my collecting, uh, you know, we went to national together and which was awesome. Um, but one of the guys I met was Drake. Um, and just to see like his Peyton Manning collection, to see, you know, the cards that he listed on his page, then you almost get into that point of like, man, here's some like paint card I've not seen before. Like, so it falls in that scarce bucket and you start searching around. And, you know, I was, I found, um, you know, the 98 clear brilliance pulsar shining stars card, you know, as like, those are one of those cards I wanted to get because I saw it on his page. And I think I found it on like a PC, uh, the PWCC, like fixed price, like, you know, forum. And I texted you and you're like, I've got that card. I'm like, what? You got that card too? And so it just, it makes it fun, right? Because like, here I am like identifying a card through Instagram from somebody I met that I really respect as a, a Manny collector. And then, uh, you know, you and I always connect when we're trying to figure out price for a card or how to acquire it. And so to, to have that conversation with you and to go had that realization that crap, you got this too. It was a, a cool moment looking back on it. But again, it wouldn't have been possible without like finding those like-minded people on Instagram that have similar collections or collect the same players as you do. 100% shout out Drake's PC. I know you're out there listening. Let's close out with this. It's been a, uh, we can talk about cards, community, all that stuff. And I think I'd be remiss to not just like get your perspective um, to talk about just like business and the business implications of this past year. I think we, we jumped it back in the hobby. It felt like a roller coaster and that roller coaster is continuing in a big way. There's been, just so many changes, acquisitions, you know, new things pop up, new people. It's been wild. And I think it shows signs of a healthy market. It shows signs that sports cards aren't going away. But maybe like what's been your take as an observer on the business side with what's what's happened this year with the sports card market? Yeah, so it's an interesting question, right? Because now it's like all of the news stories, right? For the past year, kind of like racing through my brain to figure out, okay, what what's all has transpired? I think I am one where I like change. I like, you know, things not being status quo. I think we could all, if we would have had this conversation a year ago, and we likely did, we talked about, you know, areas for improvement in the hobby and what we would like to see different. And so over the past year, you started to see like the Nat Turners, you know, get involved with PSA. You started to see all the acquisitions that PSA has taken. You know, you see these different grading companies emerge, um, these different content creators either rise or fall, right, from fandom. But I think it's, I think at the end of the day, it's all good and exciting for the hobby because it shows that people care about it. People want to invest money in it. People want to improve it. And the improvements are going to be great for some people. And I think the improvements are going to be a turnoff for others. I mean, we got to let the chips fall and kind of see how this all plays out. But we have to find comfort that it seems like the people that are making the decisions for the most part are collectors at heart. They're the people that we open the call, the conversation about that are collecting stuff that they love and they have a methodology about it, right? And so you you hope that they keep that collector's mindset in mind as they make those process improvements within their organization. So yeah, I think, you know, with that and PSA and, you know, acquiring the card ladder guys is a great example. I mean, those are guys that that we've championed. We love their tool. We love what they're doing. And the fact that they have been proactively brought into the, the PSA umbrella in the midst of everything else or collector's universe umbrella, excuse me, in the midst of everything else is a good sign that, hey, that collector's mindset is being kept through all these changes. And it's not just this quick flip or investment mindset that maybe some others in the hobby kind of have their arms wrapped around. So it'll be an interesting year to see how this all shakes out. 
I am excited to see how it does play itself. And then obviously the the fanatics is kind of the big wild card right now on how that either continues or disrupts the hobby going forward. But um, I think we do have some some good people and some decision-making seats that have that collector's mindset that that you and I both have. I agree. This was a fun conversation. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that. Appreciate it if you're out there listening on Christmas Eve when this drops or potentially even commuting to family on Christmas Day. Um, before I let you get out of here, Kyle, uh, the Colts have another Saturday game on Christmas Day. They are heading to Arizona, play the Cardinals, who just shockingly lost to the Lions. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for our Colts, but what's your prediction in that game? Yeah, it's definitely one where you would hope they would have beat the Lions. So now I feel like they definitely have this like ultra motivation going into next week. But, you know, I'm a homer. I, you know, you see how the Colts are playing right now. You can't help but think that they're going to win out from here with, you know, they've got Arizona, Las Vegas and Jacksonville, I think, left on the schedule. And I just hope they carry the momentum going forward. So I'll be cheering for a Colts victory and, you know, hopefully uh, we'll be cheering together and be able to celebrate, celebrate the victory on uh, with Saturday night. So. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. I will see you in a couple of days. I'm sure with all the little ones around Christmas will be madness, but it'll be fun. Absolutely. Always looking forward to it. It's always good to have family on the Stacking Slabs podcast. I always enjoy those conversations with my brother. Most of the time we are doing that on the side, but it's fun to bring that to you. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy some time away from work. Enjoy sports cards. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back, like always, with more Stacking Slabs podcast next week. Take care. Take care.